You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business, the podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for joining in to another glorious episode of SOB Style of Business. On the show today, we have visiting with us the hilarious Devron D. Dennis, who is a stand-up comic from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. So <laughs> don't ask me why I did that. Anyway, we're going to give Devron a moment to introduce himself, and then we're going to roll into the interview and get things started from there. So what's up, Devron? How you doing? What's going on, everybody? Yes, it is me, Devron D. Dennis. I don't know why I said it is me, like y'all know who I am, but, you know, <laughs> we're working on that. We're going to get to that point where y'all know who I am. We're going to look back on this interview and go, hey, can't you interview Devron at one point? Like, that's what we're going to do, okay? Uh, like she said, I'm a comic based out of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I've been in the game for about five years now, done some pretty big things, but we're going to talk about that later on in the interview. What's up, Keisha? How you doing? Yeah, 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 definitely. We'll definitely get to that here in a bit, <laughs> in a few. And yeah, I appreciate you you um, kind of giving them a, a little teaser because, like I said, I, I did have a chance to check out some of the videos that you had on YouTube, and the, the content is, is hilarious, so I can't wait for you to get into that. But um, yeah, let's let's go ahead and get started. So we know you're from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and we know you've been in the game for about five years. So you're still kind of finding your niche and getting your feet wet. Tell us, how did you get into the comedy industry? Uh, it's kind of funny to me. Like like most black kids, I thought at one point in my life I was going to be a rapper. <laughs> I, I, just, I did. Like I thought I was a rapper. I went by the name of Young Cupid. That was my rap name. It was. I know it was terrible, but I was 16, you know? Oh, Tell wow. me too much. But I was young Cupid. I got a mixtape on the internet somewhere, and it's terrible. But I'm thankful for going through that phase because when I got to college, I joined this group called Chaos. And okay. in the group, like, they seen just my natural personality was just, you, man, listen, you funny. Like, you should try a stand-up. I never really thought about it, but one night they had a talent show here. And I just I rehearsed for it, just tried some simple jokes, rehearsed for it, and I ended up coming in second place. And when I got on stage, I just fell in love with it. And I was like, you know what? This rap stuff is done. Like, it's, it's a rap, but it's rap stuff. I'm going to go ahead and do stand-up. And my first is like, thank you. You don't need to rap anymore. And I was like, y'all could have told me that I was terrible. Like, nobody told me I was terrible at rapping. Just let me do it and embarrass myself this entire time. This is bad. Hey, that's what family does, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's how I got into the game, just... My friends just encouraging me to say, hey, man, you need to at least just try. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. And I'm glad that you had some friends to encourage you to do it, because I've noticed that you perform several venues throughout the states and the south, especially. And I know you have like plenty of performances that you've done in your hometown. So let's let's talk about that and let's talk about your material. I know you have some stuff on YouTube, but I'll just kind of let you give us a brief on what, you know, on your themes and stuff. Um, My comedy is pretty much observational self-deprecation and i'm starting to touch political but i think my political views are pretty much still observational like it's not a big left or right type thing it's just what i think is going on and stuff like that that's pretty much where i like to keep it because yeah. that's what i know best like when i get up on stage i want to get up but i want to make sure that i'm talking about something that means something i don't want to just get up and just 
you know, be funny for the sake of being funny. I don't think, I think I have a, a bigger responsibility with my art than just to get up and just be funny for the sake of being funny. Be funny. Yeah. Have you ever like changed your, your, your message or your, your content? Like after you've kind of scanned the audience to see who was, who was sitting there or has that ever happened to you? Um, earlier, I think that I used to do that when I was like very new to the game. I was like, you know what? This is a room for the white people. I better not talk about this. <laughs> Like, I was doing it. Like, that was just when I was young in it. But as I started studying comedy and studying, like, what art really is, like, once I started, and I started to appreciate it, I was like, you know what? I got to get up here and I got to just be truthful with my art. I can't help if you don't like what I'm saying. I have to be honest with it. Yeah. As long as I'm being honest, it'll come across the right way. Because I've gotten up and I've done something that just didn't feel real to me. And it, the crowd can tell that I wasn't being real when I was up there. It's odd the way that it happens, but the crowd can look at you and see that, you know what? This is not authentic what you're doing right now. We have to, you need to change something up or something like that. Like, it was, it's weird how energy works and stuff. Yeah, so you, you tried to kind of just kind of go with something that you thought might work, and then you, you realized that it really didn't, yeah. That experience changed my whole process <laughs> of like writing jokes, everything. Like, now when I write a joke, every joke that I do now is because it's funny to me. I don't care if anybody else finds it funny, you got to be funny to me first. Right. Every single joke that I do. And normally if it's funny to me, it comes across right. Because I'm just enjoying myself. I'm not about, I don't want to say I'm not entertaining the crowd, but I'm everything that I'm doing is just because it's funny to me. I'm entertaining myself when I'm up there. I'm having such a good time that it comes across that, hey, he's having a good time. I can tell it it's real. Like, it's just, again, like I said, it's weird. It's weird the way the energy is transferable like that. But that's exactly what I do with every joke that I have. If it's not funny to me, I'm not going to, not going to do it. And if you feel a certain way about it, I want to apologize for it. I'm sorry that I found this humorous, but that's what my job is, to find the humor in any situation. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I I hear you. I definitely agree with you. You got to do what feels true to you. And let's talk a bit about your, I know you got a new show and well podcast, I believe that, that you're working on. And then there's Talk That Talk. Is that is that the same project or is that something that's different? Yeah, it's the same project. I, um, I'm on hiatus right now because... That was another thing where I started doing something. It was something that I wanted to do, but it wasn't coming across as if it was me. It didn't make sense. Like, I wanted to do the podcast, and I wanted to talk about the topics that I was talking about. But it didn't feel right in the moment. Like, it wasn't me doing it. It was me doing it because I felt like this was something that needed to be done. Instead of me just enjoying myself doing it. So I put it on the hiatus for a minute. I'm actually bringing it back. It was just January, so I'm bringing it back next month. Oh, wow. I've been working on it. Since then, to try to figure out like why this did not feel real to you yet. Exactly. That's what that is. Yeah, and is that the same material that you kind of convey in your stand-up set, or is that going to be something different? The new um, platform. We talk that talk. It is. It's about free having free conversation about anything. Like it doesn't matter what it is. It's about just having the conversation about it. That's why I just call it talk that talk. I don't want people to be able to speak about whatever it is. Like, I think my favorite episode that I did was the one about transgender people. Yeah. Because, like, I'm a big LGBT advocate. Like, I'm, they call me an ally. I don't really like that term. But, again, <laughs> I'm I'm with them. Like, I just want to say, I don't want to say I'm an ally because I know I can say something that could probably be problematic. You can take my ally, my ally word away and I'm going to be hurt. <laughs> yeah. Got gotcha. you. But, yeah, like, I want people to be able to sit down and just discuss stuff freely. Like, I think it's important to have conversations about stuff, about taboo topics. Right. Because you can't heal if you don't talk about the topic. You can't educate people if you don't talk about the parts 
are the topic that isn't pretty to look at. Like you have to look at it from all sides and all angles to understand to truly understand the topics. I think that's what I wanted to do with my podcast. Like I wanted, especially in the black community. Like we don't talk about depression. We don't talk about LGBT people. Like we don't talk about like a lot of stuff. Yeah. Because it's considered to be taboo or it goes against religion, whatever. Like I just like no, we have to be able to free ourselves up. Let's have the conversation. But after the conversation, we can we can move forward. But you gotta have the conversation for it. There's no, I mean, first you have to have the conversation first. Like there's no purpose in keeping it all in. Because when you do that, the only person you're hurting is yourself. So that was the purpose behind talk that talk. Talk that talk. Yeah, well, we'll definitely be looking for that to be for the relaunch in February. And I know that you, you know, like I said, I, I, so I know you have talk that talk and you have your stand up set and, and that the things that you do within that. But what do you enjoy most about performing and being a comic? The thing that I, is knowing that I'm brightening somebody's day. I think mm-hmm. that is so powerful. Like, I want to say most comics, when you start out, most rooms will give you five minutes, five minutes when you're starting out. And in that five minutes, you can brighten somebody's world up by just making them laugh. They say laughter is the best medicine. I think it's true. I had somebody come up to me after a show telling me that, yo, man, I was going through such a hard time, man, but while you was up on stage, I wasn't thinking about any of that. Like, I was just having a good time. I guess just made my problems disappear for a moment. I think that's the that's what I enjoy most about it. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things. And another thing is that I'm conveying truth. And every time I'm on stage, I'm conveying the truth. I'm making people think yeah. when I get up on stage. I think those that'll be my favorite. Those would be my favorite parts. Yeah. And what, how do you feel? I know you said that like sometimes you want to touch on the, the social issues. How do you feel about the politics that is being implemented into like the comedy sets these days? I think it's important. I think that it's truly important that everybody, if you have an opinion on it, I think you should talk about it. The way, again, I think stand up. Well, stand up comedy is art. I don't think it's an art. I know it's an art. Stand up comedy is an art, and art is a is a reflection of life. Yeah. So you got to get up there and say the thing. It doesn't matter if again somebody doesn't like it. That's okay if they don't like it. Like that's perfectly fine. But as an artist, you have a right to paint on your canvas. I'm never going to tell you what you can and can't paint on your canvas. You have to paint on it. So I would I love when comics get up and talk about politics because it lets me know that other people are thinking something. Or it lets me know what other people may be thinking. Like, when a comic gets up and starts talking about something, his fans, a lot of his fans are going to agree with what he's saying. So, they let people know that there are people out here that feel the exact same way this person feels. How do we talk to those people? It just opens up room for more conversation to to solve more problems. I think it is very important for you to get up and talk about politics, again, whatever. Whatever it is that is on your mind, you should talk about. Talk about it, right. Oh, that's good stuff. Good stuff. And, and okay, so now we know you're you're five years in, or maybe a little bit more, whatever. How did you get started? Tell us how you went about launching your career. I know you said, you know, you you're, uh, you got encouragement from some friends and family. But what steps did you take to really get this off the road okay. or to really um, get this on the road? Um, Honestly, the first step was realizing that I could do it. This is before I, but this was like years before I got started. The moment I knew that I could do comedy, was when I was watching Kevin Hart's Seriously Funny special. I remember watching this special and he told the joke about um, his mom allowing him to curse for the first time. <laughs> okay. And I remember watching it and I remember going, yo, you can do this. I never took it. I never did it, but I just knew, yo, you can do that. Like, I had been making people laugh for a long time, just not through stand-up comedy. So mm-hmm. I was like, yo, you can do that, but I'm rapping, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep rapping. Rapping <laughs> is what, what I want to do. 
I would be much further along than I just went with my, my voice right there when I said I could do it. Yeah. But that was my very first step. That was the first step, which is my calling to it. That was my calling. Then after that, I started studying. Like, I just started watching stand-up, just trying to figure out, like, what's the mechanics of this? Like, how do these people get up here and they talk for hours at a time? Like, how was this possible? So I, that was the next thing I had to do. I just had to sit down and just start. I wasn't watching it for entertainment anymore. I was watching it to study it. It was like, I compared it to like a football player watching film. Yeah. Like he's not watching it to see his highlights. He's trying to see what is going on in every second of every play on the field, what's going on. That's exactly what I did with stand-up. After that, you start writing. And that's the most tedious part of our job is the writing. Yeah. Because some stuff you write is going to be great. Some stuff you write is going to be terrible. But... You got to write it and you got to get up and you got to try it on stage. So once I started trying it out, I started getting laughs. It's like, okay, cool. This feels good. This feels natural. Then you just get up and you, um, you go out on the road. I didn't start taking stand-up seriously until I think, I want to say 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say it was in 2014 and 2015 that I like, took it seriously. And I in college, for my capstone class, I didn't actually have a class. We went on like a field trip. We went on a trip. We just were talking with major people in the industry. Like we talked with a whole bunch of people in the Nashville area that were like major people in the industry. I was telling them what I wanted to do. They was like, yo, you want to do this. You need to start taking this seriously. You need to be in the club every night that you can. Don't take no nights off. Always be in the club. Get to know everybody that is in the circuit. Let people know what your name is. And it'll help you. It'll help your name travel. Yeah. So I just started doing that. When I got back to um, Hattiesburg, I found out that Hattiesburg had a, a stand-up comedy circuit. I didn't even know that until until yeah, 2015. I rose through the ranks through there, and yeah, that's pretty much how it went for me. That's how it went. Wow, yeah. Well, I tell you what, was it what, Lil, Lil Cupid? I guess that was the death of uh, the rapper. Yeah, yeah. Um, young Cupid. Yeah, young Cupid, died. yeah. <laughs> he died that night. I came in second place at the comedy show, at the um, talent show. Like, he died that night. I was like, I'm not writing another rap. That's done. Oh, that's that's what did. My raps were like, I listen back to my mixtape and just go, man, what? Where are you thinking? This is the worst. This is the worst thing I've ever heard. And it's, it came from you. Like, you did, you did this to people. You did this to other people. You, put this, you made other people listen to this because they love you. What person would do this? Dang. It's rough. It's rough, man. I'm telling you, that mixtape is rough. Wow. Yeah. Well, in hindsight, I guess it. You know, maybe, maybe that's another comedy special or some sort of some sort of material for a future special that you could do. But you know what? I wanted to ask you what you you were talking about. You started analyzing. You started studying the film after you realized it's something that you could do, and then you started writing. And then you mentioned that you have to try the material out, you know, to see if you're gonna get the laughs and stuff. Describe that first performance. You go into the club, it's a, you know, full of people or okay. whatever. Describe that to us. Okay, the first time, again, the first time I ever did it, I came in second place. And between me and you, I think I won, but it was more of a popularity contest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I went up against a, um, a cute old, and they popped it on campus and whatnot. So I exactly. Lost I lost to him, but I think I won first place, honestly. But the first time it went, extremely well. It went very, very well. And I remember reading the alchemist that the first time it's probably going to go good if you're supposed to be doing it. I remember reading it in the alchemist. I was like, all right, that. Yeah. That, yeah. So that was fun. It was thrilling. It was exhilarating because nobody knew that I was going to do it. Nobody knew that I was going to get up there 
and just stand up. Like, they called my name. They was like, hey, man, what you about to do? Like, you didn't tell us you was going to come up. We were just, I was just chilling when they were doing the talent show. Nobody knew I was about to get up. Just like, oh, wow. Up. And I did it. And it wasn't, like, sympathy laughs. It was like, people were really laughing at what I had to say. So, it was just, it was one of the best feelings ever. It was like, uh, let's see. Well, you it was like sex, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, I, I'm going to assume that that was a, a good experience for you on the comedy set. Did you have any any nervousness at all? Like, you know, before oh, before they when they called you? <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. The very first time? Yes. I was like, they called my name. I remember my legs just trembling the entire time <laughs> I was up there. But I was walking, so nobody knew my legs were trembling but me. But my legs were trembling the entire time I was up there. I was walking and talking at the exact same time. And I was extremely scared. Right. Like, like when I got up there, it was just like, Bro, you don't know what you're doing. You don't have to start to deal with what you're doing. Like, that, that's like a bunch of just doubt This is in my head. But once I started talking, I freed myself. I freed myself up. And it was just like, oh, this is fun. Oh, yeah. this is fun. I think, oh, but I can also tell you about the first time that I bombed. Oh, and wow. I didn't bomb for a while. Like, I remember, because this is how well I was doing. I'm not lying to you. I swear to you, I was doing this for a while. I never bombed. Like, a bomb is when nothing hits. Nobody's laughing. Everybody's just looking at you like, hmm, think you funny? That's what a bomb is. Like, I, hadn't, I didn't do that. I want to say I didn't do that until I started taking stand-up seriously. Oh, like, wow. Because I was just performing sporadically throughout the first couple of years of my um, career. Just performing sporadically. So I started taking it seriously. Didn't bomb when I was in Nashville. Every show I went to, I had laughs, whatever. Came back to Hattiesburg. My first show in Hattiesburg, didn't bomb. <laughs> Right. The very next show, I remember getting up and I was like, I had so much confidence. I was like, man, please, I'm about to kill everybody in here. <laughs> I was, you gonna laugh at me? This is exactly what I was feeling. Right. Got up there, did my set, and everybody was just looking oh, with no wow. smiles. Everybody <laughs> just looking like, uh, yeah. So this is what y'all got me listening to tonight. This, this oh. is what we gonna do. This, Wow. Excuse me, funny, man. That's, that's exactly what I was feeling. Did you cut your set short? <laughs> nope. Ah, no, no. Couldn't cut it short. I had to finish it. Got to get through to the end. I only cut my set short one time. It was another time when I just forgot my set. I just forgot it. It was early in my career, too. That was the only time I ever cut my set short. <laughs> I literally forgot it. But yeah, that feeling of bombing is, I think when you first start, it's the worst feeling ever. It's like, oh my God, I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing this. <laughs> yeah, that's um, the yeah, it was just... Do they clap when you bomb a set and you walking off the stage at the end of the set? Do they clap for you? Like when you when you bomb um, as you walking off depends. or just... <laughs> um, that, that depends. If they're a friendly crowd, they'll clap. If they're friendly, yeah, they'll clap. Oh, wow. You know, this is the South. So, you know, in the South, you know, this is how... A courtesy they, clap. They'll clap. They'll clap. Out of but courtesy. I had bombs, well, well, they just look at me like, well, that just happened. Wow. That's when you just want to go home. You don't want to talk to nobody after you. Just want to go home. Make sure nobody see your face that much. Just get stood up out of there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I've never been booed, though. Thank God I've never been booed. I yeah. know it's coming at some point. Every comment that I've ever looked up to said they've been booed. I just haven't been there yet. Yeah. I haven't been booed yet. Well, if anything, I, I'm figuring that you'll probably be booed for a joke that somebody does
Yeah, no, you, you should be good, Devron. And I, I want to ask you about, yeah, I mean, I lost my train of thought when you started talking about walking off the stage and just kind of going home and dis- disappearing. It's, it's a real thing. You don't want, you know, I'm serious, you don't want anybody to see you. Like you just want to go home and go to sleep. Just get that entire thing. <laughs> That's all you want to do. Get it over with. Yep. Yeah. I'm the type of person, and if I'm going through that type of stuff, I just want to go home, eat some cookies and cream, ice cream, go to bed. That's it. Okay. That's my comfort food right there. Shoot, I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Tell us, how do you go about creating new material for your set? And um, um, Creating new material. It's, a lot of material comes from conversation. Like, if I could be having a conversation with somebody and a thought would just pop into my head about, oh, this is funny if I do this. Like, it's just trying to think of the way I want to phrase this. Like, I have like a stream of consciousness just come through and be like, you know what? What we're talking about right now, I can take on stage and make it funny. I know how this is funny. I know how I can use this. Like that's, <laughs> that's how a lot of it happens. Some of it happens when, a lot of it happens when I'm like cleaning my house or something like that. Like I have a bunch of eureka moments, like stuff will just come to me. This happened in high school. This is actually kind of funny. Like you can use this. This is kind of funny. Uh, like it, that's how most of my stuff comes to me. Most of the stuff. Do you ever try to maybe just kind of visualize how, like, how it would come across to the audience, like before, like while you're creating it? Do you just kind of picture yourself on stage and like the the feedback from the audience? Um, not when I'm writing it. When I'm writing it, no. Because when, when I'm writing it, I mostly write a um, I write it as just a, like a reminder of yo, this topic is funny to you. What oh, okay. I do is I get up and I just start talking like it's. Like, I'm talking to myself, but I'm actually practicing the set. Like, I'm just practicing it in my head. Like, how is this going to come out of you? This is funny to you, but how is it going to come out? So I do that, and I'll record myself while I'm talking. And I'll be like, oh, this is funny. This is funny. This is funny. And yeah, I'm enjoying this. Like, this is real funny to me. Like, I had, what was it? Doing a, what was it? Right before the New Year started, I had a joke wake me up out of my sleep. I'm not lying. That was like, <laughs> o'clock in the morning the joke came to me in my sleep i had to get up and i had to um practice the joke i had to because if i didn't i was gonna forget it and it was i did it but the day before new year's and the joke went over amazingly i had never did it before i didn't have no time to practice it in front of a crowd it was just me at the house just practicing the joke and it went over amazingly like i didn't even expect for it to go over that well Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and, and speaking about uh, how your jokes, how do you engage them? That's basically what I'm trying to ask you. How do you go about engaging them? Like, you know, you tell a joke. Is there anything else that you're doing to kind of get them involved? It depends. I'm the type, I don't like to get up and talk at an audience. Right. I used to do that. Like, but that's when it becomes too rehearsed. And that's when it's not, it's not natural. It's not fun. It's not any of that. So when I get up, I'm literally talking. Like, it's good. Like, how we having a conversation right now, I can take this conversation, well, no, I can take a joke and, and implement it into this conversation. It will make it a part of my set. Like, I'm literally just talking to people. But it's like having the same conversation over and over again if I'm doing the, uh, one of the same jokes. But that's how I do most of my stuff. Like, I don't want to rehearse it too much. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, that's and it. the way that I get to that point is, like, I would have some nights where I'm not, I'm not even about to tell no jokes. I'm not no jokes like I've written down and like that. We call, I call it freestyling. Like, I'm just going to get up here and I'm just going to go and see what happens. Yeah. Like yeah, open night nights and stuff like that when I'm trying to work some new stuff. And I just get up there, I don't have nothing, nothing set. I'm just talking to the audience. I'm crowd working now. It's making it intimate because I can't redo this anywhere. 
got with the same crowd. I can never have this exact same moment with another crowd anyway. So it makes getting up in front of people a little bit a little bit easier when you have sets and if something happens in the room, you can comment on it and make it funny. Like it just it lets them know that this moment is special to everybody here, like including me. Right, yeah. Yeah, no that that definitely makes sense. So in addition to like the the shows that you're doing, what other projects do you have in the works for, for this year for two thousand eighteen? Well, at the end of the year I think I'm gonna record another special like I did last what is it, twenty eighteen. No, it was in twenty sixteen I recorded a thirty minute special. I didn't put it out on the internet. I took I was gonna put it out but I was like, I don't want to right now, I just need to see yeah. if I can do it. It was like me saying, you know what, I've seen people do this on TV. I want to see if I can do it. That was the purpose of it. But right now, I know I have a comedy room coming up. That should be happening in March, where I'm going to have my own room, where I'm going to be featuring other comics here. The comics that I've met while on the road, I have that coming. And at some point during the year, I'm going to record an hour. I've done the 30 minutes, but I want to see if I can do an hour. One hour. It's gonna be my, yeah. It's going to be my end of the year. Later the year ago. Oh, and really? lastly, I'm just going to be touring. My, um, one of my friends actually called me this morning with a couple of spots that we can go to this year to just do a start to start in February. We're going to be going across the southern region of America just doing comedy. Oh, wow. Yeah, you definitely have to, you know, let us know if you guys reach Houston or Dallas for sure so we can keep an eye out. The southern region. Will. Southern region. Okay. And all right. So let's move along here because I know that. I know you have an answer for this one. How has technology helped you to gain traction? Like as far as being a, a I don't want to call you a newcomer, you know, but like as far as the, the industry goes, how has technology helped you? Technology, well, when it comes to, it's easy enough for people to see me. I can say that, like club promoters and stuff like that. Like I don't put my, I don't like to have a lot of my material up on the internet. Yeah. One, because comics will steal your material. <laughs> That's first and foremost. And two, because it's hard to take in that content when you don't have a personal connection with the person that's giving the content. Unless, unless it's like short. So I will have like a snippet here, a snippet there that I pull up and I take down just to have somebody say, hey, he was funny. I want to book him. Like I do that. Right. That's one way. And take this, sending out videos and stuff like that. But pretty much those are the ways, those are the ways I can use it mainly. Like, just bring in some eyes for a minute and just try to build my catalog a little bit better. To build your exactly. Yeah, no, I uh, hear you on that. Okay, so as we get ready to, to wrap up, I got a couple of additional things, or a few rather, that I want to ask. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received, and how did it help you? Best piece of advice, best piece of advice I've ever received was don't fake it. Okay. Not, like, be true to you. That was That's the best that I've Oh, yeah. And I think the way that this helped me was it's made me appreciate what I do so, so much more. Like, that saying of being true to you is is not just about on the stage. It's just about in everything. So if I'm feeling a way about a topic, I can bring it up on stage and I can use it. Or I can just, people can relate to that. Like, they can relate to this feeling of anger that I may feel. I may come across on stage as, as angry with this bit, but... Yeah. People feel angry with that bit. Uh, people feel disappointed. Or people feel confused. Like it doesn't matter. Just be honest with yourself. Don't cheat the crowd. Do not get up there and cheat the crowd because you're only gonna cheat yourself. You could have had a better moment had you just been real with yourself when you were up there. 
Right, right. So that's not that's my best piece. It's just be true to you. Be true don't to you. Think, don't think anything. Don't write anything for the crowd. Like, you know what, this right here going to kill the crowd. Don't do that. Do, every joke you need to do needs to be for you, not for the crowd. You are sharing your joke with the crowd. You're not writing it for them. You're sharing that joke with them. Right, right. Now, that's that's some, some great advice, actually. And um, leave us with, with some thoughts and, and words of encouragement, not only for aspiring comics, but then, you know, just, just people and entrepreneurs, you know, just, just people in general. Oh, well, well, first and foremost, I'm going to say this because it's true. Entrepreneurship is it's scary and it's hard, but it's also so fun. Like, being a stand-up comic is being an entrepreneur. Like, I have to go out and do everything for myself. Nobody, you know, some nights where I don't have a show where I get paid. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure that people with businesses know that there are months where their revenue isn't what it's supposed to be, so they're going to be a little bit short this month. Like, but it's okay. It's better to be out here doing your thing and making yourself happy than it is to be out there working for somebody else helping their dreams come true. I always follow your, follow your dreams first. Charlamagne the God has a quote where he says, um, while chasing your dreams, you have to deal with your reality. What I take from that is, like, while I'm a stand-up comic, that's my title, that's what I do, this is what I love. I also have a reality of having a kid that I got to feed, having a rent that I got to pay, food that I need to eat. So I take, um, I have to do other things to, help, to make sure that all those other things are being taken care of. A stand-up comic can't do it for, by itself. So I think that is truly important. I think that everybody just needs to follow their dreams and make sure that they're dealing with their reality while following Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, we'll we'll be sure to make sure we put that in the show notes because that's definitely news we can all use. So before we go, Devron, let us know where we can find you online. Give us any upcoming events, tour dates, and be sure to share your social media handles as well. Okay. Um, you can follow me on everything at Just Call Me D. It's J-U-S-T-C-A-L-L-M-3-D. Not the letter E, the three, because somebody... They wouldn't let me pay them for the uh, stuff, so I got to use that. So, um, yeah, that's on Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find me on all that. It's just called me D. Let's see. Things I have coming up. I have a show coming up in Meridian, Mississippi on the 22nd. I have another show that was rescheduled. I was supposed to be doing it actually this weekend in Memphis, but that's going to be sometime in March. Okay. And my room is supposed to be opening in March. That date isn't set in stone yet, but I know my podcast is going to be coming the last Friday of April. I can't remember that exact date because I know it's the last Friday of April. Okay, great. So we can talk. Uh, check out Talk That Talk last Friday in April, and we'll be sure to include it on the show notes as well because uh, this podcast will be published by the time all of that's kicking off for you. So just wanted to tell you thank you for taking the time to speak with us. We truly appreciate it. Looking forward to hearing of your wonderful things you have coming up and especially some news about you making it here to Texas with the tour. So we wish you the best of luck, Devron, and and, uh, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.